the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to heritage, you and I, as believers in Christ, have a very rich heritage. It goes all the way back to Abraham. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno and online at highlands.us. Well, today we continue looking at this legacy you and I share as believers in Christ, all rooted back here in Genesis chapter 12 and a life of a man called Abram. We invite you to spend time with us today as Pastor Leighton Sheely begins with a cross-reference out of the book of Acts. A few reminiscing remarks from Stephen right before he was martyred gives us some clues and indications of the life of Abram. Here's Pastor Leighton now with today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. So according to Stephen, God appeared to Abraham while he was still living in Ur before the family moved to Haran. So it's quite probable that dad, the father, chose to accompany Abram, but only got as far as Haran, and there he stopped. And when dad stopped, the entire family stopped. Coming back then to Genesis chapter 12. The Lord has said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who curse you, and whoever, uh, who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. So uh, Abraham's obedience was partially compromised because the Lord specifically said you were to leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family. And he didn't exactly leave behind his relatives and father's family. He took his dad and his nephew Lot with him. There's something that we can learn from this, and that is that whatever you bring with you from the old life into the new life with Christ is likely to create problems. Uh, Terah, Abram's father, kept him from fully and completely and immediately obeying the Lord, and Lot created serious problems for Abraham later. I oftentimes hear people who come to the Lord who make it a point to change their phone number and uh, erase their contacts database and quit going to the places they once, once went to because they knew how easy it was to be lured back in. There's something else that we can learn from this as well. And that is that God did not abandon Abram because of his imperfect obedience. Instead, he patiently cultivated Abram's faith and obedience through the course of his entire life, using both the times Abram was successful as well as the times he was not. There's an application for this. I have found that sometimes I learn more from my failures than I do from my successes. 
God uses our successes and he also uses our failures to grow us in our relationship with him. Faith is not based on feeling, although feelings can be involved in faith. True faith is based on the word of God. It was God who spoke to Abram and told him what he would do for him and through him if he would trust and obey. You see, we are not saved by making promises to God. We are saved by believing God's promises to us. It was God who graciously gave this covenant to Abraham, who responded with faith and obedience. There's no indication here that Abram did anything to earn or deserve God's attention or favor. The invitation to relationship was initiated by God and God alone. And it was not merely an invitation, it was a command. God commanded Abram to leave what was comfortable and familiar to journey to an unknown destination. God didn't tell Abram where he was going to take him, but he he stepped out by faith in the word of God. Hebrews 11 is often called the Believer's Hall of Faith, and verse 8 talks about Abraham. It reads, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. He obeyed, even though he did not know where God was leading him. The description of the caravan that set out from Haran is quite different from the description of the caravan that set out from Ur. And it indicates that Abram's family had been very, very successful in their business dealings. They had connections with the business community and so forth. And Abraham had to leave behind everything he had relied upon for safety and provision to begin a new life with no such convenient resources. Or as some might perceive it, distractions. Although Abram was very wealthy, the desire for more wealth did not drive him. There are some people who are so attached to things that that their possessions actually possess them. The things they own, own them. They're unwilling to give up comforts and conveniences. But not Abram. If God said move, Abram moved. He gave up the settled, comfortable life of a city dweller to become a nomad living in tents. So there's another application for us here today. If we knew, really knew, that God wanted us to move, would we be obedient regardless of the cost? Would we be willing to give up comfort and convenience? In order for us to grow, we must be willing to get outside of our comfort zone. We cannot grow inside of our comfort zone. God didn't give Abraham reasons or explanations, but he did give him promises. The promises of God included a personal blessing, national blessing, and global blessing. God promised a personal blessing and gave Abraham a great name. Thousands of years later, we're talking about Abram. And he was also prospered greatly as well. But Abram's prosperity did not displace God. And that's why God could bless him so much. Some of us are praying, Lord, help me win the lottery. And we don't win. And that's because God isn't going to let us win. 
Because, you know, he knows that if we did, it would destroy us. God does not condemn either wealth or the wealthy. In fact, many of the great men and women of the Bible were exceedingly wealthy. But wealth should never be considered a measure of God's blessing in a life. For instance, Jesus Christ deserved to be blessed above all others. And yet the Father chose to place him in the home of a poor Jewish carpenter. In additional personal blessing, God also promised a national blessing, that his descendants would be so numerous they would form a great nation. And Abraham's offspring have multiplied exceedingly. He is not only the father of the Jewish people, but also many Arab people as well. And then it also included a global blessing, that all the families on earth will be blessed through you. God's prophet Isaiah wrote, I will make you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. It was through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, that the entire world has been blessed. And he was a descendant of Abraham. Verse 6, Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. And so he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. So after his father died, uh, Abram followed the busy trade route west and then south to the mountain city of Shechem, which lay between two mountains that were highly revered by the local pagan religions, Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. As Abram camped near this pagan shrine, God appeared to him again to reaffirm his redemptive plan. And what a comfort it must have been when Abram and Sarah had this fresh revelation of God when they arrived in this strange and dangerous land. You know, wherever Abram went in the land of Canaan, he was marked by his tent and his altar. The tent marked him as a stranger and pilgrim who did not belong to this world. And the altar marked him as a citizen of heaven who worshipped the one and true living God. And so he gave witness to all that he was separated from the world by the tent and devoted to the Lord by the altar. Verse 8, from there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. So he continued south and up in elevation to a place that we know as Jerusalem. And history shows that the sites where Abram constructed altars to God later became major centers of Hebrew worship. How did Abram know where to go and what to do? Well, the answer is given to us in verse 8. He called upon the name of the Lord. He prayed to the Lord, and the Lord helped him. In our pilgrim life, we must go from faith to faith, grow from faith to faith. And from strength to strength. Some teach that faith is, not belie- is, is, is believing in spite of a lack of evidence. That's not faith. Faith is obeying in spite of consequence. Faith is obeying God in spite of consequences. By faith, Abraham obeyed. Faith without obedience is dead. 
and action without faith is sin. Romans 14. Verse 9. Then Abram set out and continued towards the Negev. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. So he was heading south to the Negev region. Negev means dry and parched. And he, he faced his first challenge there when, uh, when he was hit with a, a famine, or as the word says, hunger. And we don't know what caused that, but the, this area of the world has always teetered on a delicate ecology. As a newcomer, he may not have been familiar with the local climate. And remember that he had come from a part of the world known as the Fertile Crescent. But this, for Abraham, represented a major test. It, spoken, it carried an unspoken message from the Lord. In all of your praying, in all of your altar building, let me tell you how deep your faith really is. Let me show you how deep your faith really is. What a merciful God we serve that he is constantly reminding us through tests such as this one that Abraham experienced that we might know where we stand with him. This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. We're here in Genesis chapter 12. One more look at Abraham before we continue moving on to chapter 13. That's tomorrow here on Study Verse by Verse. We trust you'll join us then. More information? Visit us online, highlands.us. Until tomorrow, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.